right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, July 23rd, 2020. Happy Friday, everybody. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi, here today, as always, alongside longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hey, how's it going? Happy Friday. And boy, do we have one heck of a part two of our interview with legendary mass designer Greg Harrison today. Uh, we get into way more of his designs. We get into, you know, how the Eddie, the Eagle thing came about, uh, why he doesn't like Curtis Joseph, uh, some other, some other people who were difficult to work with as well as, uh, you know, some of the masks that maybe he designed under the gun, but didn't like, and had to just send them out there. Uh, just a, just a super informative. As well as the getting into the, uh, customizing of masks too, to fit uh, different head shapes and stuff. Very fascinating stuff. Just, just, just a lot of fun. So uh, we will see you guys on Monday. We're going to have draft profiles on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, we're going to look ahead at the weekend of hockey. Hockey is almost back, folks. I could almost cry. I, I Let's go. Literally, do not talk to me on that Saturday, August 1st, because I'm going be, to be just loving life. Can't wait. Uh, We'll see you guys Monday. Thanks so much again for listening. It's a Lockdown Red Wings podcast, your team every day. I was going through your Instagram and I've recently really, really gotten into formula one racing to the point, like I've yeah. told my girlfriend, I'm going to get into karting just so I could have a cool helmet and a racing suit. Um, okay. I was really pleasantly surprised to see that you also have a history in IndyCar and karting helmets. Like how did the yeah. transition from NHL goalie helmets to professional racing come about? It was, um, and I only did it for five years. I, I don't really do it anymore. But what happened was um, there was a team. In fact, there's an, you would have seen probably the more recent post where I had a number of them where I showed the players pit crew helmets and mm-hmm. other ones I did for photographers. But there's an early post that I did uh, that I did a helmet for Dan Gurney's All-American Eagle Racing. And it, I had done Balfour's mask in Chicago. And uh, I saw this car that they had and the whole nose of the car was done and it looked amazing it was the uh the head of the eagle which spread into the car and the nose of the the nose of the car looked like the beak right and uh, um i cold called them in california and introduced myself and told them and it just so happened that balfour was in the playoffs at that time and the girl had been watching the hockey and she recognized it. So I, I was not aware at the time that the drivers got their own masks or their own helmets done. Um, and they had nothing to do with the livery of the car. Uh, it was their own signature. 
Right. But I didn't know that at the time. I just simply called and I said, I'd love to do a helmet for one of your drivers based on the Eagle. So they sent me what turned out to be the Fueler's helmet. And um, um, I painted it up just, uh, they sent me the helmet and I painted it. I didn't really have the right blue. It ended up to be a little darker than what their car was. But uh, I brought it down to the Molson Indian Toronto and met with them. And it turned out that the fueler was actually from Calgary and was a hockey player, Dave Fitzgerald. They called him Foggy. That was his nickname, like Foghorn Leghorn. I don't know why, but that was his nickname. But he, we <laughs> hit it off and he started to introduce me to all these different drivers and managers and stuff. And, and then ultimately, um, uh, I approached players and they had a design that a guy, most, a lot of the guys were using at the time named Troy Lee. And he had done a lot of helmets for guys, including Greg Moore here in Toronto or in NBC. Um, and I, I approached them about doing their helmet. And the design that they had in mind was plain. It was not a metallic in any way. And I said, why don't you let me take that design and I'll show you what the doing it in candy and metallic will look like. Without being gaudy, it'll stand out. So I did the sample and then they said, okay. So I ended up for two years, I did that. And then I, I'd approach other cart guys. I did uh, James Hinchcliffe's first two designs along with his father's helmet. He's the Canadian racer that races in Indy, uh, IndyCar. Um, the helmet he wears now is a, is a modification of mine, what I did. It's not exactly the same, but it basically looks similar. And I did that for like five years. And then those guys get, they get so many people bugging them to paint their helmets that they expect you to do it for nothing. And that, and, They'll want you to do like five helmets and they'll give you one back that you can sell. That's their idea of paying for it. Right. Oh. So I just said, forget that. And I just, I was busy with my masks and I just stopped doing it. I think people have no idea just how vast your collection of work is throughout the NHL and NHL history. Now you invented the combo cage mask in 1977 and that kind of changed the look of goalies forever for the better. Um, yeah. So you, you have the, the, the mold mask that you used to make the fort and then you have the combo cage mask. And before we get into some of your more famous combo cage masks, like the Eddie Bell fort that you alluded to earlier, like I, I'm curious to know what as a creative is the better mask, you know, for the artist? Is it the is it the old school ones like the Lefty Wilsons and the Rutherfords, or is it the the newer ones where you kind of have well, the the, uh, the curvature and all that other stuff? The Thomas Thomas style mask, my own design, is very clean, or the or the Malasha Bannerman style is very clean, and you can do things that sort of evolve or or incorporate the face. You know, it'd be it, like Gratons, for instance. Uh, it's the face that gives you the opportunity to do that design. There's a lot of things on the cage combination that are a stretch. When you try and do animals 
as part of the whole thing on the cage combination. For the most part, it doesn't work. It's a stretch, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't work well. But um, like nowadays, there's way too much on these masks. Uh, you can't even see what the hell it is, even if they zoom in a, on it up close. Um, uh, it's like and, a collage. A lot of them are like, remind me of like collages rather than like a yeah. actual design. Well, that's, that's not the way I did it. The way I did it, I created an image that hopefully would become their, their moniker or their nickname, like, Felix is the cat, you know. Yeah. Uh, Balfour, Balfour was not Eddie the Eagle until I did the mask. He wow. he wanted a he wanted a hawk, and I said, Eddie, I said that's it's a mottled feathered bird. It's not going to stand out at all. <laughs> How often would that happen? Where like you'd make a mask that like you you know you're you're on a deadline. You don't have the chance to perfect it as much as you'd like to, and then now you just gotta see the guy out there on the ice with it until you know the next year or year after that or, or wherever it may be. Luckily, not that many. That probably is the only one that I can say. Uh, the odd time I would would do a mask, and then if I got it back for touch up, like for instance, Gary Innes had one that I made him in Indianapolis. And then he went to Washington and in Indianapolis, the design had like these two kind of almost like a winding road to the, to the ski or the skate at the top. And they were two sets of individual stripes, red and blue on either side, but the, the open area on the bottom, there was a, a section at the bottom that was a white kind of a V. And when I got it back to paint it at one point, I filled that all in so the bottom section. He was with Washington at the time. And I filled it in and changed the top to the star for him and Washington. So, um, but not very many. I, I'd maybe tweak them, like, for instance, on Hayward's shark mask. I initially, when I did it, there was an older style of paint that I used. And it was uh, what they call, like, flectoverethane or, or uh, Valspar which were plastic-based paints. They weren't the automotive base clear that I ended up using once Dallas came in the league because I had no choice. They had a metallic green and they had a metallic gold. And I couldn't get that in, in that style of paint. So I switched my total paint over when that happened. But what I did on, on um, Hayward's mask is I, sh I shaded it and blended it with a sponge. So in the end, the surface of the mask felt like shark skin, like it had a it had a texture to it. But then it got banged around and dinged around and stuff. And I got it back at one point to change it. And I had done the teeth just with these little lines to indicate the shading. And when I got it back, I used an airbrush to shade the teeth. And then I touched up the other parts and then I cleared it the whole thing so it lost the the texture at that point but that was those was minor changes but it didn't really affect the major part of the design uh the odd time i did one for damian rhodes which never really got used much uh he got traded and the the trainer ended up keeping it but it was um uh columns like roman columns at 
the ruins at the Isle of Rhodes in Greece. And I did that, but he didn't want that to be the major part of it. So I altered the top and then kind of wound a banner, a red and black banner through the through the columns at the top. So it didn't look as much like that, but that's, there was a modification I made. But, um, uh, I usually, I told guys what I had in mind, but I never, and I, they always would want things written on it, like a name. I can't stand a name written on it. Like I did a few like that, like Billy Smith with the Islanders on the yeah. but I didn't like, the names because for the most part the ventilation holes would break it up and you you couldn't see what it was or it wouldn't be distinguishable like i always designed my masks hopefully that they would be seen and observed both on television and from the stands a three-quarter view over the top that's the way most of the masks were seen and you could you could actually see what they were yeah, you could see with the diamonds, even the most intricate, like Malash's Cleveland Barons mask. It's intricate, but it's you can see what it is. Where now, like I don't, I don't profess to be the best airbrush artist on the planet. I used an airbrush as a shading tool. Where a lot of these guys, well, there's a lot of them now that cheat as well, where they'll use decals and put stuff on and then airbrush around it. There are some guys that will do it from scratch, but there are a few that cut corners and stuff, you know, and everyone thinks it's a great airbrush job, but it's mm. a, actually a, a decal that's been created and, and applied. Was there a, was there anybody that was just a pain in the ass to work with? The only guy that that's, well, Joseph was not my favorite person on the planet curtis um, yeah did you you did the you did the cujo mass no no i didn't do that i did oh, okay. the i did the trumpet and blue notes mask in st louis oh wow that's a beautiful and i and i did that and it took the blues 11 months to pay for that mask <laughs> during during that time i put a couple of cages on it and I touch up the paint job and I put a set of foam in it because it was getting kind of worn out. And uh, during the 93 playoffs, I said to him, uh, Curtis, you may look at, at ordering another mask. Oh, I'm entertaining other mask offers from other mask companies. I thought, you asshole. <laughs> and so I didn't really deal with him until he came back to Toronto and he was under contract with Bauer and uh, they couldn't get him a mask that he was satisfied with. There was a guy that had copied my masks um, who was trying to make him a mask and he wasn't satisfied with two that he made apparently. And so the leaf trainer approached me and said, will you make Curtis a mask? I said, yeah, but I'm not gonna put Bauer or anything on it. It'll be my own design. And I was going to, I was going to develop a fierce looking maple leaf as opposed to the mad dog thing. That's what I was doing. And so halfway through the trainer says to me, the equipment manager says to me, uh, Joseph's agent wants you to sign off on the artwork. 
I said, I'm not signing off on anything. I said, he's making $6 million to play for the Leafs. Uh, Bauer's paying him $150,000 to wear their gear, and they can't get him a mask to be satisfied with. And I'm supposed to do something for him and then sign it off so he can make more money, and I, I'm not going to make anything other than make the mask. I said, tell him to go yourself. And... Uh, and I never finished it, so that's my that's my Joseph story. <laughs> so um, I, before we wrap this up, I came across a picture of Esther Mold that you're using to create custom fitting masks. Uh, like I'm used to just going to a store and finding one that just you know fits the best, or I just like the feel of it. Um, can you just explain how the mold fitting in today's mask work and the benefits of it? You mean the ones off the shelf? Yeah, like the ones, custom that, ones, the custom ones that I've seen on your Instagram. Um, well, every one that I do and has always done has been custom. And the, the difference between that and what you can buy off the shelf is basically this. When, when you have a mask that's custom fit for you, I take a mold of your face and I pour a positive of it. So I've got like your face sitting in front of me. And then with clay, I build the thickness of the foam that's gonna be put in. I add the angles and the ridges on the forehead, the way it tapers at the chin, the way it flares out over the years. And I form the shape of the mask totally. And then with the fiberglass, I mold, excuse me, mold the mask and then completely sand it, uh, I'll draw the design, cut it out, sand it, and then um, uh, once it's finished and painted, the foam is not an afterthought. It's built in, so it fits like a glove when you put it on your face. So when you get hit combined with the chin piece, it's a foam chin piece that's a suspension. So you get hit uniformly through the mask. There's no pressure points. If it's if you're wearing a mask that's too big, pressure point's gonna be at the front where where the main impact's gonna be taken because it's not absorbed uniform like I got the hiccups now, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not absorbed uniformly. Uh, and if it's too small, it bottoms out on either side of your temples. You look at a lot of these guys that play in the NHL, and they're all, 90% of them are getting paid to wear something. And uh, to me, you should make sure you got something that fits. Uh, there's tons of guys getting concussion, losing their teeth, you know, one guy I saw got cut. One guy got cut the other day on his cheek from a shot. I don't know who that was. But uh, Montreal's no, a backup goalie. Yeah, you should, there's no way you should be getting cut in any of these that fit properly. And the other guys that really ticked me off are, and I've made some for guys, and they've taken the chin piece out, which is a major, because you basically have no support other than your chin. Uh, when you cut out the front area, there's no support on your cheeks or anything because 
there's no mask there. So the chin piece is an integral part. Like I started when I first did it, the cage combination, I started with a piece of foam. Now I realized that that's not enough. And then I tried the football chin piece. And the problem was the pitch was wrong and you'd end up cutting in below your lip. So then I worked on a foam chin piece with a, with a strap that suspended and acted as a cushion and as a suspension. So that brings you back to the universal sort of absorption of the shock. So some of these guys take these out and put a sling across, like a foam sling. And that's no better than having it sitting right on your chin. So, um, and you see guys get hit with that and are concussed. Now, no, no mask is going to stop a 250-pound guy running you into the post or into the boards. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's mine or anybody else's, because it's the sudden impact and then your brain sloshes around in your head. That's what causes the concussion, not not necessarily the impact. The impact yeah. will cut you if it's, if it's not. Like I, I had already made a cage combination for my myself um, or I had not made one for myself, sorry. And I was making all these other guys masks when I first started. And I was playing in a league and Nick Boynton's dad, they used to play for Boston and Chicago. Uh, Nick Boynton, I should say, played for Boston and Chicago, but his dad, Neil, played in this league that I played in. And I was wearing a Leute, my Team Canada, Leute style mask. And this guy came in inside the circle and he got every bit of this slap shot. And I, I had enough time to turn slightly and wince. And when I did, my eyebrow was in the position of where the eye was, the top part of the eye. And it just sliced me wide open. And um, um, that was the last time, other than in a movie, that I wore a fiberglass mask because that's that's the vulnerable part like i'm i was working earlier and i didn't finish it uh, it's jerry desjardins birthday today and his career ended wearing one of my masks and the mask it was the lead style in buffalo and he got hit and it, they had put foam underneath the, the cheeks which lifted the mask off incorrectly and when he got hit, it drove the mask into his eyeball. And oh the eye holes were really, really, really small. Like when I say drove it in, it just, it hit the eyeball, combination of it and the pocket. And it basically, he, he lost his vision in that eye. And that's, the, that's why I tell guys, like I was doing one for Michelle Dumas in Chicago. And did the mold in Toronto. The mask was to be finished in a month when they returned. He got hit in the eye and his other mask in between and it ended his career. He never, and that's, and Bernie Perron, he had one of my masks. And uh, if you've seen him, there's a few pictures around of him wearing it. It's a lead style, but with sharp angles over the forehead and 
and then deflectors kind of like plums. So that's the way I did it. He wore it, had very small eye holes. He wore it for a half a dozen games and he didn't do very well. So he basically was superstitious to blame the mask, went back to his old plant mask and a couple games later he got a stick in the eye and that ended his career. Wow. You know, that's that's the most vulnerable part of these masks is, is the eye area. And you can get the odd cut, you know. Um, that's why I, I tell guys, if you're getting it to wear it, I'm not making it because I know what the limitations are. And that's where I developed the gauge combination. It was, it was Dave Dryden that I did it for first. And I worked, I was working for Cooper at the time as their pro rep. And I happened to be up in the design department and he came in with the front half of an SK 600 helmet. He had the cage, an HM30 cage and a back piece from one of his own masks. He says, I want a mask. He's telling the design department, he says, I want a mask that fits like a fiberglass mask, but it'll give me the eye protection of the cage with a back piece. And they said, oh no, it's gotta be a helmet. It has to be a helmet. And I said, Dave, I'll design that. So I designed how it would fit. And the first two were the same, basically style. I had a cage, two cages made, and I made one for his brother, Ken, and one for, for Dave. Dave wore his and Ken wore his a bit, but then he retired shortly after that. So you didn't really see his. But, and then I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't at the time get special cages made each time. And I realized that it, it had a bit of, the design that needed to be worked on. And then I I started to um, use a, a cutoff HM30 mask on, on the mask. And then I streamlined it, made it a little, each time I made them, I continued them back a little further until they finally covered the whole head. And then when I did um, Alan Bester's mask in Tron, he said, can't we make the cage a little closer to the face? And at that time, I I didn't make my own. I was buying these Cooper ones. And they were making them cheaper and chintzier. And uh, they changed the center bar to two skinny bars together. And they weren't very strong. So I taught myself how to weld and made my own cages from then on and made a jig for a, a short version and a long version of the cage. Like Pop Benz is a long version. Kirk McLean's is a short version. So. Well, Greg, we've uh, we've really appreciated you having you on this episode. This, we've, this is, we've been educated in uh, as about as far as we can possibly go. I, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You can find him on Instagram at Greg Harrison, the mask. And uh, where else can people find your, your artwork? And is there a, a place out there where you maybe have a website or something? Uh, no, I, I don't really. Um, I mean, if you, if you Google my name, there's all kinds of things come up. Um, some of which is correct. Some of which is not like I've been, credited with a few masks that aren't mine and uh, other guys have, have uh, sort of taken credit for, for work that I've done. The 
um, as I say, there's I'm working on this book and it's been a, a long process, but I want to make it thorough. And uh, as you can tell by my Instagrams, I I take a lot of care in what I what I do. So. You do. You're one of the best uh, Instagram followers out there. Like I said, at Greg Harrison, the mask, and we'd love to have you back on when that book does come out, because I'm sure there are a lot of stories that we're going to be wanting to, wanting to talk about in there. But uh, in the meantime, Greg, just thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time and uh, you enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Nolan. And you guys have a good night too. Thank you.